We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Vincenzo fires up the three, and that one goes in, but those threes too late tonight. And that will do it. A very disappointing loss for the Knicks. As they fall now to 2-3 and three on the season. And 0-2 and here at the Garden. All righty. Well, that was fun. <laughs> so it is your boy, Jonathan Macri, uh, here with um, the one and only Benji Ritholtz. Hello, Benji. Hey, John. What's, what's happening? Good times. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were gonna uh if you were gonna call in sick after that effort. Um but woo. I thought um so um this season on the post games we're we're gonna do something a little different. I'm gonna be um starting a few of these with uh one of our uh, esteemed members of the team. Uh often will be Benji Ritholtz, and then Benji's gonna carry us home tonight. So I'm actually gonna since this is mostly your show, I'm gonna start by seeding the floor to you. What were your thoughts about that masterpiece that we just witnessed? This team can't win a lot of games with Julius Randle being awful. Like <laughs> that's high, that's high level. <laughs> that's freaking bottom line, man. And if you zoom out, and if you zoom out at the, at the Tibbs era, when Randle was good, they were a playoff team and very successful. And when Randle stunk for a year, they didn't make the playoffs. Um. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Uh, also, Andrew is asking where your your mic is. Benji, listen, Benji's like he's like Julius. He, he could take a little while to, to get worked up to to performance levels. <laughs> um, I, I will I will give you a moment to get the mic issue worked out because um, I. So it's interesting because if it was my open tonight, I don't know that Randall would have been the first thing out of my mouth if only because 429 uh, actually sorry no they ended up 5 of 30 because they hit that last uh, garbage shot 5 of 30 from 3 16.7% and 32 of 92 those those are some numbers sir uh for 34.8% and for good measure um what do we wind up with 11 missed free throws 10 missed free throws 20 of 30 from the line to me the the shooting if if anything could overcome a game um, that is that bad from an individual player who the Knicks greatly rely on, this was the game and this was the level of shooting that overcame it. But um, I have all the respect in the world for anybody who wants to start with Randall because that was... Um, was there a particular player plays that bothered you the most? Because I have two in my mind and I'm curious if it... 
no, no. Share. I mean, there were a couple of plays that made me want to like quit, but like the, the the fast break for Max Drews comes to mind right away. That's, that's number one. And then there's a there's another one which is probably an odd one, but um, there was one where he failed to grab an offensive board that was like in his hands. He just barely went for it. I don't know if that's the one you're talking about in the second. Towards half. the end of the game, no. The other one that I was talking about was when it was coming down the stretch, and it was not a late clock situation, and he attempted a three. It was his last three that he attempted. Horrible. And I. I thought the process, I, like, why are you shooting it there um, Look, after the night that you've had? Yeah, I mean, you can talk about the collective shooting. I, I hear that. But the Knicks have a lot of games, not this, that they don't shoot this poorly, but there are games that they can win, especially when they defend the way they defended tonight. Which was excellent, we should say. Which was overall very, very good. And they can overcome it. But when, when your supposed second best player, again, with your third best offensive player out for the night. So there's added pressure for performance here. When he goes three for 15 from the field, 0 for 6 from three, and does not attempt a free throw. That. That. And, and the process throughout the night, he is so hesitant and discombobulated and confused out there. I don't know what I'm watching. Like, where did last year's Randall go? I know it's early. It's early yet. We're within the first five games of the season. There's plenty of time, but the concern level is slowly rising here. Like, what am I watching? It was George Niang on him for most of the game. And yeah, they're loading up on him. I get it. But like nothing he hasn't seen before. This was not like some like expert defensive performance by Cleveland. They're, they're a good defensive team. They will be a very good defensive team throughout the year. No question. But there's no excuse. And then just like the energy levels not there. In the first half, Donovan Mitchell goes nuts. A lot of his shots early came off Randall switches where Randall just wasn't engaged enough. Like, we're always talking about we want Randall to switch. Well, if he switches, he's got to switch and not give up easy pull-up threes to the hottest player on the floor. Like, the whole game was just so underwhelming. There weren't even, like, a couple hustle plays or overpowering plays that... You mean Mitchell's shots, by the way. You, you, I think you said DiVincenzo by accident, or maybe I just heard DiVincenzo. I'm sorry. But you were... I'm a little... Um, um, yeah, I meant Donovan Mitchell. Definitely yeah, I figured as much. Um, and, and it was on Randall switches. So, like... There's there's more to talk about in this game. Not there were more poor performances. To me, it, it really does come down to to a total failure by Julius Randle in this game. Like one of the worst games I've seen him play. I think so. There's two conversations to be had here. There's like the concern level for Julius Randle and 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 other players too. Like Randle's not the only guy that I think you know it has maybe concern level rising a little bit. Like. You know, I'm, I'm sure there will be people who will be quick to point out that uh, Jalen Brunson shot eight of 23. Not not great. Um, his shooting thus far this season has been, you know, night and day from what we became accustomed to last year. Um, there is a little bit more confidence, I think, that that is going to come back. But the other, like, there's the there's the there's the concern level with Julius, and then there's the concern level for the team, and those and the, and the Venn diagram there is certainly overlapping because, as you just said. Not so goes Julius, or as goes Julius, so goes the Knicks. But it's like those two things aren't mutually exclusive either. They cannot, you know. And we were talking about it a little bit on the playback tonight. They can't be a good team if Julius Randle is going to be this or even anything close to this. And um, I don't know. It's like if if maximum concern is a ten, and like you start the season at a zero, like every time you have one of these games, it like rises another like half a point. You know. 
And how soon do we get to where it's like, okay, we're above a five now. Okay, we're at a seven. It's like, it starts to pile up and it's, it's you know, I don't want to tur- make the whole thing about Randall, although we certainly could. Um, here's a crazy one. In a game in which it was absolutely maddening to watch and one of the more frustrating Knicks games you ever see, I feel like we do need to spend some time at the top talking about Mitchell Robinson. Um, it, which, again, I know you love to gush about Mitch, so I'm just going to toss it to you and Talk about Mitchell Robinson. He was dominant. He was dominant. Um, it's a shame that they couldn't win this game with the way he played. I mean, it'd be nice yeah. if you could make a free throw. So so it goes. But like every offensive rebound is tremendously hard work for Cleveland. Like they have to send every every sorry, every defensive rebound for yeah. that. Every offensive opportunity for the Knicks is like you have to send three bodies at this guy, especially this team with Evan Mobley at center is just very thin and and don't have a great rebounding personnel. So he was totally dominant. His and, and defensively, I feel like he's taken a real step this year. Yep. Um, in terms of discipline, in terms of um, deflections, he, he's just everywhere, man. And he's contesting everything at the rim. He has been the best Nick. It's not really yes. that close uh, so far. He has been the best Nick on the floor. Uh, so far this season. And that's a really exciting development uh, because he's, you know, on some level, I thought maybe he'd kind of just become who he'll be last year. It's really nice to see continued growth for a guy who's still pretty young um, and figuring it out. And the discipline, he's not fouling nearly as much. Breen had was waxing poetic about that. He had two fouls, I think, in the last like two or three. I mean, amazing. Two or three games. So like, yeah, Mitch has been phenomenal. Just one point on the on the Brunson thing. In this game, that dude was operating in the smallest spaces that you could possibly have to operate in. Like yeah. he was in a closet because you're already dealing with Mitch. So like they overload off of Mitch and it's hard. Now you add Randall as a total non-factor, non-spacer. And you add Josh Hart to the starting lineup, who in this game was back to playoff levels of shoot, shoot hesitancy. It's like she, you got to shoot the three. I don't care how many you miss, Josh, because the, the spacing is so bad in that lineup. When Randall's not shooting and scared to shoot and hesitant, when Josh Hart's not going to shoot, and you have Mitch out there. So, like, I, I know Brunson had a had a tough night from the field. I give him a pass because he was working so hard just to get these tiny slivers of space with the surrounding personnel. Like, again, it does come back to Randall to some extent. He, he has to launch threes and make some. That's how this lineup worked last year. He has to launch and make a few threes. If he doesn't and can't, then they're going to have to change something drastically, and I don't know what they can go to. We should probably mention that the reason that um, Josh Hart started was because R.J. Barrett did not uh, play in this game, uh, could not give it a go because he, uh, I think it was a sore knee. I forget which knee, sore left knee. Um, And... I am sure that there will be a lot of conversation about the fact that he was not there and the Knicks offense looked like this. I think that is certainly part of it. I think they could have used RJ tonight. RJ has had success. Obviously, he's had success against his Cleveland team. He had a lot of success against them in the playoffs. Um, you know, but to me, this was more about Randall's issues and it was more about the fact that collectively they just um, could not shoot. I'm happy you brought up Hart in the starting lineup because I had tweeted after it was announced that RJ was going to be gone, that I thought quickly we got the start. And mostly I was just going off of last year, which is basically anytime whoever was the, whether it was uh, Brunson Grimes or RJ was out, like any of those guys were out quickly would 
get in the starting lineup. And he went with Hart, and I like got it because Hart, I guess, is is I don't know, he's more similar in size to RJ in terms mm-hmm. of like what he does, and you get it, and you keep you know quickly running the bench units like the same and the whole thing. So I got it, but I completely agree with you, and I, I still haven't had a chance to look it up, and I'm gonna look it up after the game. I don't feel like that five man unit have, like I don't remember them ever playing together before tonight with basically Hart in place of RJ. I'm sure they played together. I just it's not notable to me. I don't remember it. Um, yeah, I haven't looked up the total minutes. I feel like there might have been some instances late in games, even to close. I think Grimes got some opportunities to close, and Hart basically closed every game, and RJ yeah. you know, didn't. So I, th- I assume, but often it was quickly in Hart, right? That was kind of the most common closing lineup. Yeah, yeah. It didn't seem it didn't seem like there was a ton of chemistry. Again, no. though, like <laughs> I, I, I am harping on it because to me, it's it's the theme. Like it has to be the thing. Randall has to shoot the basketball, man. And he's got to have confidence and he can't be getting into this like hesitancy mode where that leads to turnovers also. And like the processing is always not going to be great. So like just got to launch, man, you got to shoot the ball and you got to, you got to just trust in the process and make some shots. And yeah, you add Josh Hart to the spacing problem and it gets real ugly. It gets real ugly, really fast. And like they needed DiVincenzo in this game. I thought Grimes was really disappointing. Like, didn't make shots, obviously. I'm happy you said it because you're his. I think you're his biggest. I uh, might be his biggest fan, but like he didn't make shots, which okay, that's gonna happen. But they needed a little extra creativity without RJ in the lineup, like something. And completely so agree. Often, even and I thought he got his share of DHOs tonight, where like Randall came off and gave him the rock, and he's just th- tossing it back to Brunson. Like there's nothing. Got to provide some juice when a guy's out that creates a lot of your offense, and he failed to do so. And that's Divincenzo was the one that provided it. And from the beginning of this season, we've said, like, there's going to be fights for playing time between all these wings and perform. It's going to be performance based. It always is with tips. It is. So, like. Grimes has to perform. <laughs> he's got to perform. And if he doesn't like DiVincenzo's there and he's getting better and he's getting comfortable. Now, you know, you know, he had a good game. I wouldn't say he had a great game, DiVincenzo, but he started great. He provided he started a out big really spark. Well. Made a lot of big plays throughout the game. Like, we know he can shoot pretty well. So, like, Grimes has to be better, man. He's got to be better. Quickly's, um, p- Quickly's been playing great, too. So, you, they're all good. They're all looking for more minutes. None of them want to play less. I promise. <laughs> uh, that, that lineup, by the way, last year played 30 possessions together. So, <laughs> uh, I don't Under 15 minutes. That's, that's again, wow. not surprising. Yeah, I thought there were a couple instances where Grimes, like, got the ball behind the dark and, like, it wasn't. He didn't shoot because he didn't have enough room to shoot, but it also like wasn't a clear put the ball on the floor situation and like drive to the hoop. And like defenders are able to fluster him. And like I feel like he did he could use a, a dribble move or something. Like you'd be a better person to talk about it than me, because I don't I, I, I haven't played the sport like you have. Um, but like it's that's why when people are like, we need to get Grimes more usage, I agree, more shots, but like the shots that he thrives on trying to make him into RJ Barrett or even Emmanuel quickly or Dante Vincenzo like that to me is it, it, he, he, to me, he has not shown the ability to do that yet, but maybe that's there and we're just not seeing it. I don't no, know. There's, there's some chicken and egg, right? Like you can only grow and, and, and if you get those opportunities and he for sure, doesn't get them very often. I thought tonight he really had some opportunity to make some plays and just didn't make them. Um, and that was disappointing. Like they needed, they needed some juice and they didn't get any. Um, trying to think if there's anything else to hit on that we haven't already. I feel like we kind of tackled 
all the all the big stuff. Um, talked about RJ. Talked mentioned Divincenzo quickly. Had a nice game. Um, yep. You know, like everybody else, couldn't hit a shot. I thought he made some typical some Emmanuel quickly plays that were that were good. Um, you know, McBride had some moments. Always, always nice. Be nice to hit a shot. Um, but. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't really have yeah, anything he, else. Look, he fills in admirably when he gets a chance, and he know, does. He, he, it would be nice to make, but he's really, really good defensively. He makes a couple big plays offensively every time he gets out there. Uh, yeah. Quick, quick was great. The one thing with quick that happens sometimes is like these possessions where nothing happens for twenty-two seconds, and he has the ball for all of it. Yeah. Like it does happen to him sometimes, and it's frustrating. And like sometimes you just got to get off it. You just got to get off it and get the next guy going. Yeah. Um, that's always the thing with me for, for quick. It's just like making sure that your possessions are always maximized. Sometimes yeah. he just, he, he can waste a possession or two throughout a game. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not worried about Brunson yet. Like I, I, I think, I'm not either. I think he's going to be fine. I think um, it's going to come around for him. I actually thought, I, I thought considering what was placed on him in this game, which was basically <laughs> when he was out there with starting lineup, create every shot because nobody else will. I, I thought he performed decently. Uh, and he took like four charges. <laughs> yes, he did. He did I take four charges. Four or five. Yeah. Um, this game was ugly as hell. Uh, it looked every bit of a back to back against the same team, with both teams being spanged up as like that. It just it wasn't a good basketball game. It was ugly. Um, Mitchell ran out of steam. Was terrible in the second half. And told me he made a couple big ones late. Yep. You know, you zoom out and it's like, uh, it, okay, you split against Cleveland. It's not the worst thing in the I, world. Yeah, that's what one. I wanted to end on. You like, had to get one, right? And and it yeah. is what it is. It's just the, the way this kind of went down was very disappointing. That's exactly it. And like to get tonight, you had a, you had an opening tonight. Yep. Back to back, the whole thing, no RJ. You still had the opening and it would have given you, and this is kind of what I talked about towards the end of the the the, the watch along, to, to that cushion, it's like, okay, you now got to go into Milwaukee, and then from there you play against the Clippers and what's going to be James Harden's debut. And I don't think either of those games are going to be picnics, to put it lightly. So it would have been nice to get to three and two by hook or by crook. Didn't get there. Um, you know, look, this team had its its metal tested a lot last year, and they're going to have their metal tested again. Um, that's yeah, that's that's really really all I got. So I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna turn it over to you. Yeah, get some sleep, enjoy the rest, knowing the night off. I'll handle uh, it from here. Can't wait to see. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be nothing about Julius Randle in the chat. I, I'm sure of it. <laughs> I feel like I've already said everything that needs to be said, but here we go. Oh, I'm can sure I, people will say some things. Can I actually get us started with this, with one super chat before John goes? Speaking oh, of, boy. this is literally the first super chat. I wonder who, we're ta- who Andrew P is talking about. Ben- Benji, read it. What an awful player and awfully run offense. <laughs> a lot of that tonight. So don't worry. Um, it's not nice to deuce McBride. He didn't, he wasn't so bad. <laughs> Terrible. All righty, John. Your Thanks, show, John. Benji. All right. See you later. Thanks for this one. Great. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thanks for bearing with me, guys. Sorry about the tech issues. It's been it's been a long night in a lot of different ways, but I'm glad to be here with you, and I'm ready to answer your questions, address your comments, ease your concerns, or not. Who knows? Andrew P., thank you for the contribution, sir. Perhaps EF, and I believe that refers to Evan Fournier. Ah, the first Fournier reference. I believe his shooting could have helped the starting five. Yeah. It could have helped them offensively, for sure. You're not getting the defensive performance you got from the Knicks tonight with Evan Fournier out there. It's a trade-off. You're right, Evan Fournier can really shoot the ball. This team has proven over at least a half a year, or more than that, since Fournier left the rotation, that they can be a very good team without him. The personnel hasn't changed all that much, right? Like, DiVincenzo is not the problem here. So, yeah, he's, a, he's an excellent shooter. He could have helped. Don't deny it. But, like, at the end of the day, I think the formula can still work if the, if the personnel performs at the level at which they have to perform. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. I, I, it's, it's a fair point. I don't really agree that that was the move tonight. Let's give it some more time for a team that's proven itself over a decent sample size now. Thanks, Andrew. Robert Cross, my friend. How are you, sir? Robert says, and this crap is on stubborn Tibbs too. Coach is part of every win. The coach is part of every loss. No doubt. I am not really totally certain what he was supposed to do tonight. You're going to bench Randall in the fifth game of the season? Robert continues. Inexplicable, inexplicable that Julius was put back in the game in the fourth quarter. You're going to need this guy, Robert. You're going to need this guy. Whether you like it or not, and I know you don't like it, you're going to need Julius Randle. And, like, you can't start pulling him. We know he's a bit of a fragile personality. You can't start pulling him from games in the fifth game. And, look, one thing I will say is by trading OB Toppin, you, it was a bet on the consistency of Julius Randle. That's a scary thought. Like, you are going to need that the size of Randall. Like, it's a small team. So, like, Randall's essential. He's essential. He's more essential now than he's ever been. And he got to get him going. And they got to figure it out. And the only way you can't, you know, benching him, is I don't think is going gonna, is gonna to be the solution. Hopefully, it's a film session tonight or tomorrow. Robert continues, it is time for RJ to overtake number 30 as the second option. It is better for the Knicks in the short and long term. Yes, look, RJ, I think you could argue, has been the second option so far this season. Um, I haven't looked at the usage numbers, but I'm pretty sure it's close. If not, if RJ isn't above, he's certainly scoring more than than Randall right now. I think it has less to do with second and third option and more to do with, like, Randall needs to find himself. 
Like, I'm fine if RJ ends up with more usage than Randall and take you know scores more than Randall. Great, but Randall's got to become a productive NBA player again. Um, and again, it's a small sample. Not going to panic, but I am starting to worry. I am definitely starting to worry. Um, because we know from experience that this can snowball with Julius Randle. Like, it can. So let's hope we don't get like a thumbs down incident coming up. You know, he's got to figure it out. JM, thank you for the contribution, Jay. We appreciate it. Unacceptable to not have Grimes in there for D on Mitchell down the stretch. TDD was getting cooked and cooked off since first half. Also get Julius on a one-way flight to Minnesota for Cat. All right, I mean, on the Grimes point, like Grimes was guarding him the whole first half. I mean, not uh, uh, whenever Grimes was out there, he was guarding Mitchell. And it didn't go great. I mean, a lot of it was on switches with Randall, but, like, Mitchell had his way. Um, I thought, you know, the second half, Mitchell was terrible. And he made a, he, you know, DiVincenzo tried to ice his screen. Mitchell crossed over, made the big three to kind of ice the game. Okay. Grimes, had a, Grimes didn't have a good night. They needed DiVincenzo out there. Like, he was providing some offense. They couldn't freaking score. Defense wasn't the issue. Um, so I don't quite agree with that, Jay. Like I, I, Grimes is the better defender. I agree with that. But they needed DiVincenzo's offense desperately tonight and his movement. Like he was the only guy opening anything up, little crevices in the defense. So I, I, I'm not with you there that they should have had Grimes in late. And, I, and you know, everyone here knows that I am Quentin Grimes, like number one fan. Love that man. But like didn't have a great night. Other guys had a better night. And it's going to be competitive out there for those minutes. As to getting Julius on a one-way flight to Minnesota for Cat, um, I had a feeling that if we ever had Cat, if he ever got here after the 30,000 rumors that we've heard, I have a feeling that in many of these post games there would be many chats complaining about Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> Trust me. Like, he's really talented. So is Julius. He comes with his own set of issues, man. Like, careful what you wish for. Careful what you wish for, Jay. That's all I'm going to say on that. It's not going to happen, but also, well, careful what you wish for. All right, let's get the next one up here. Dead Words 604 Cool name. Thanks for the contribution, sir. Concerned about JB and JR's bad shooting, but RJ was sorely missed. And thinking of him as an X-Factor is kind of exciting as a fan. Um, I am concerned about JR's bad shooting. I am less concerned about JB's poor-ish shooting. Uh, I think different levels of bad shooting, first of all. Second of all, um, Jalen Brunson's always been a good shooter all the time, every year, on every level that he's ever played at. And that's not true of Julius Randle, um, who's had bad shooting years, right? So, like, I think there's a different level of concern there, and I think Jalen Brunson's going to bounce back. I just do. I have full confidence in him. Julius, I don't have full confidence because he hasn't given me reason to have full confidence. Um, RJ was sorely missed, man. And, and, and what you know what? I agree with this. Like, it felt good to, uh, to feel his absence in a way. Like, I need this guy's creativity off the dribble, his paint touches. Hell, his shooting compared to Josh Hart. Like, sometimes... When we're down on RJ, we're like, well, if you replaced him with XYZ, like, would the team really suffer? He saw tonight. They need him. They need him. 
they need his size, they need his strength, they need his his penetration game, they need his shooting. Um, you felt it badly, especially if Randall's having a night like tonight. RJ is the one that picks up some of that slack, um, and they they needed him badly. Thanks, Edwards. Colin Reardon, how are we doing, Colin? Thanks for the for the chat. Type of game that drives you insane, insane in all caps. Uh, yeah, it was miserable. It was a very very ugly ugly basketball game. And one the Knicks very easily could have won if they made a couple damn shots. Because they really defended at a high level tonight. They really did. The defense continues to impress. Um, the question is going to be, that third-ranked offense last season, was it a fluke? Can they make enough shots? Is Randall going to have a, 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 a every-other-year kind of year? Um, the offense is the question right now. The defense looks good, especially because Mitch, I think, has really cleaned up a lot of his bad habits, and he looks great. Looks great on the defensive end. Thanks, Colin. Hamdi, how you doing, Hamdi? Trying to remind myself of all the bad losses from last year so I don't go crazy this year. It's not working, John. John. I'm sure John is watching and is thinking the same thing. But I am not John. But I can address your point. Um... They did have some bad losses last year. <laughs> it's true. Um, and this one probably wouldn't even rank in the top five. So, again, you zoom out and, like, try not to get too caught up in the ugliness of this particular basketball game. And they split with the Cavs. It's hard to win two against a good team. I know they were missing some key guys. It's still a good team. Um we were missing our one of our key guys, just like they were. It's not the end of the world. It's not like this isn't like you didn't lose to Detroit or something. That's the that's that's panic. But this is not panic, um, and it's no reason to get crazy. Again, I think the the only lasting concern I have from this game is Julius Randle. That's the only thing I walked away from. Everything else is going to sort itself out, I think, with this team. And they're doing a lot of the things they need to do to win. Defend, offensive rebound dominance. Um, DiVincenzo's starting to get comfortable and fit in. IQ looks just the same. Looks like, looks like one of the best bench players in the league. Josh Hart maybe struggling a bit this year to find his way with uh, some more of the, um, the competition at his spot and a, and a bit reduction in minutes, trying to, trying to find it. So a little worried about that. That's a concern going forward, I would say. But like otherwise, like Hartenstein's been great. Like a lot of things to be excited and happy about with this team right now. A lot of reasons to be encouraged. But again, if Julius Randle isn't good, none of it's happening. Not winning the high 40s. Not winning 50 for sure. If Julius Randle is not good this year, it's going to be a tough year. Like I hate to make it that simple, but it is that simple. Your stars need to play well. That is, that is a concern. Robert's back. Hey, Robert. On a positive note, Godman is indispensable. Godman, Godman. Godman, Godman. Godman for All-Star Game push begins right now. For those who don't know, Godman is apparently Mitchell Robinson. And he is indispensable. He's not going to make the All-Star Game. But he is indispensable. An all-defensive team isn't crazy. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. A lot of good centers out there on defense. 
a lot of good defensive players in the league. But that's not out of reach if he keeps going on this rate. If the, in order for him to make an all-defensive team, the Knicks will have to be like a top-five defense, I think. And right now, they're like right there. So not out, of, not, not out of the question to me. And that would be amazing if he could, if he could nab a spot on, on one of those all-defensive teams. That would be a real, a real confirmation of the growth and like really cool for Knicks fans, I think. Like that this guy who they got is like a super raw product. Um, it's kind of stuck around. He's been here for a long time already, and he becomes that kind of level player. That would be that would be really cool. Thanks, Robert. Drew P, what's up, Drew? Love Mitch's play. Will RJ be our second option? Yeah, so someone mentioned that already. I, I, I would argue he has been your second option this year. Um, that's fine, but Julius is still going to have to play well. <laughs> like, it can't be the second option because Julius is shooting three for 15 every night. It has to be the second option because Julius maybe cuts down on his volume a bit, but is doing other things. Or Julius just cleans up and takes only the shots that, you know, that he feels like, you know, he becomes a higher percentage shooter because he's taking less shots and RJ is taking more of that load. That's the only way this works. RJ becoming the second option and Julius thinking, not going to work. He's your only power forward. You're not a big team. He's going to have to play. He's really important to what they do. He's not going anywhere as far as I know. And I know he's frustrating to root for, and I know, and trust me, like he drives me crazy. But like, he's gonna have to, he's gonna have to perform. Um, and and we're gonna we're gonna have to wait for it. Yeah, RJ can be the second option. I'm fine with that. If he if RJ makes a kind of leap where he's like the unequivocal second option on this team, that's great. That's a great development. It just can't be because Julius is sunk to the floor of uh of of this league. So we'll see. Thanks, Drew. Jasso focused. How we doing, Ja? What a weird game. This is probably my last one, John. You're not John. I'm still not John, but I get it. And and John will would probably answer this the same way that I'm going to. Don't think I'm staying up for this one. Have a good night and don't overreact. Oh, it's not even a question. It's just a comment. Uh, yeah, it was a weird game. It was a weird and ugly game. It's, oh, I see. You're not staying up for the post game. I got it. Oh, well, maybe you're still here. Maybe you're not. You can listen to the podcast tomorrow. You can watch the YouTube tomorrow. Um, you have a good night as well, Ja. It's a good perspective. You're a positive guy, and we appreciate it here at KFS. Thanks, Ja. Hamdi's back. Sorry I met Benji. <laughs> no worries, man. John's usually on here, in fairness, like every night. Nice to see you, my friend. What's going on with Randall's shot? Oh, man. I think he's just got to let it go, man. I really do. With Randall, it's just like, keep shooting it. There were nights last night, last year, where Randall went like 0 for 8 from 3. I remember them. But he's got to shoot 8. It seems crazy, but like, I'm telling you, he's got to just shoot. Him pump faking and driving into traffic is the worst outcome. Him shooting a 3 and missing 8, 3 of which will get rebounded by Mitchell Robinson, right? Like, Mitch is literally, literally rebounding like 35% of the Knicks misses. <laughs> like, think about that. You got to get shots on goal. In hockey parlance, you get shots on goal, you crash the net. That's what the next strategy is. Get shots on goal, a.k.a. don't turn the ball over, shoot, and then crash the net. Go get the rebounds. Get traffic in front, right? Like, that's what they need to do. And that is dependent on Julius Randle just shooting the basketball. The second he loses confidence in that jump shot is the, is the moment that the offense is going to fail, at least in the starting unit. It was a huge part of their success last year. I cannot 
I cannot overstate the extent to which Julius Randle's three-point volume was essential to the Knicks' offense last year being as good as it was. And that's even though he shot 35%, 34%, nothing great. It doesn't matter. Shots on goal, no turnovers, offensive rebounding. And by the way, if the shot is at least respected, that opens up the rest of his game. Right now, the pump fake's not getting anywhere because nobody's contesting. Got to shoot him. Got to get the respect back. Opens up the rest of the game. Go from there. That's what it's got to be with Randall. Guber then. Hey, Guber then. Thank you for the contribution. I'm 40 and seen too much of this team. I hear. The vibes were off since offseason. Hmm. Reminder that no one else values 25 and 10 for their team for a reason. Andrew, any idea what that means? So what he's saying is that nobody wants to trade for this guy for a reason. Because he's, he's oh. Mr. 25 and 10. Nobody values 25 and 10 for a reason for their team. Do we know? I, I don't know if that's true. There's probably a team out there that would value Julius Randle. Hell, there seems to always be a team that values James Harden. There's always a team, and then he gets to go there. Um, Julius Randle has value. I don't. I don't believe that that's true. Now it might be lower than the value that the Knicks put on Julius Randle. Uh, that is certainly probably. That's probably true. Um, Guber, then you can't have seen too much of this team. Like this particular team is pretty good. They're gonna figure it out. Uh, you know, like we've had some crap. To go through as a fan base, this this is like very very low on the totem pole of, of crap we've had to deal with. They're two and three. They just split a doubleheader with a good team. Like I do want to take a deep breath, zoom out. Very early in the season, it's interesting actually. I think that there, the frustration builds more quickly when there's more continuity, because we've dealt with the same issues for three years now. We know what the issues are, and they're more frustrating because we've seen them instead of for 82 games, we've seen them for like 300 games. <laughs> and like it, it grates on you because of that. But the continuity is also going to help this team. And like they, they, they have a style that should work if they get to where they need to get to on an individual performance level. Um, so I, I have more patience, Guber, that have a little patience. I don't think the vibes have been that off since the offseason. Randall does seem a little bit stoic to me, but I think he's working on just trying not to get too emotional, which is probably a good thing. I don't think the vibes are off. I think the vibes are fine. Um, I think they're going to be okay, but I, I, I'll say it a hundred times I'll on this postgame. I do think Julius needs to, needs to perform better. That's for sure. Thanks, Guber, then. TK, two words in this one. That's me speaking. These are the two words that TK said. Julius Randall, period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I've talked about Julius uh, enough already, but we're going to keep talking about him because he is the key. He is the key, for better or for worse. TK continues, I don't know if I should be happy or sad that RJ is currently our most important player. He was sorely missed tonight for obvious reasons. He's one of our most important players. You can make an argument for a few guys on this team. The most interesting argument to me has always been Mitch because I think the team 
the success the team had last year was so built on his strengths on both ends that you could argue Mitchell Robinson is their most important player, or at least their center play over 48 minutes is their most important position. Because Hartenstein's really good too. Um, but I agree, and I said it already. Feeling RJ's absence in the way that we did, I think is comforting in a way, and like exciting in a way. Like, hopefully the knee is fine, it's just like a little minor thing, back to back, they sat him, whatever, and he's back to full strength soon. All of us were super excited about how he was playing so far this year. Seems to have taken a bit of a leap. So like, again, if RJ becomes our most important player and it's because of his leap and not because of others regressing, that's a great thing, man. That's a great thing for this team. Obviously. It's the homegrown guy. It's the third overall pick. So, yeah, absolutely, TK. Kevin Danishevsky, what's up, Kev? Dubious Blandel. Tibbs watching along. That's all. You could have benched him. I I'm just not sure that's productive at this point in the season. Like, Tibbs is watching. I mean, you know, I'm sure he's trying things. He's trying to get him going. In the first half, they tried to run a little ISO for him when things were going poorly. It ended up with a flailing, terrible shot. But, like, they're trying to get him going. And I just think – I feel like benching him in this at this stage of the season is very counterproductive um, with, a, with a bit of a fragile player. And – I would I would be hesitant to do that also at this point. Um, Julius has brought Tibbs a lot of success. Tibbs has brought Julius a lot of success. Two All-NBA teams. Two playoff appearances for Tibbs. Like, there's a relationship there, obviously, and there's, I think, sometimes a bit of an enabling relationship, but there's a relationship there that's important to this team. It's okay to not like Julius's style or not like Julius as a player, but you have to recognize his importance to their success. At the end of the day, like they're not going anywhere without him unless they trade him for something that's going to help this team. So we got to root for him and hope he turns it around. Tom the dentist. I come from a family of dentists, Tom, and I'm sure you're a great dentist. And he says, wear Nikes again. Grow the hair back. Anything. <laughs> yeah, the Skechers might have to go. The Skechers might have to go. I'm going to make a confession. I'm not an AI guy. I don't know how to use it. Like, I've, But I, I tried. I was going in a couple of the different uh, generators. AI generators, and I tried to get a prompt of, like, Julius throwing Skechers in a trash can because I thought it would be a funny tweet. And the AI was just not, do not doing the job. Uh, no, not Allen Iverson. <laughs> not Allen Iverson, Claudio. I meant, like, artificial intelligence. Um, I was trying because I thought it would have been funny. If anyone can do it, if anyone's got, like, a good AI prompt and can, can get it, please send it over to me. I will retweet. If it's good. Because I think it's a funny concept. The Skechers might need to go. Get this man. His Kobe's back. Good God. Ah, Juanon. What's up, Juanon? Thanks for the contribution, man. 
Still confused about your name. You'll have to explain it to me one time. Uh, 17% from three as a team and 20% on 15 shots from Randall isn't going to work. How do we fix this offense, Benji? Outside trading 30. More pin downs and off ball screens. Talk me off the ledge, please. Performance. 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 Stars need to play well. We, I've, you know, on many platforms and in very, I've talked a lot about how I think this offense could improve on a process level. I am humble enough to recognize, however, that the offense worked last regular season to an amazing degree. So you can't, no one can convince me that now they're going to score 85 points because of the system. No. They have to make shots, and Julius Randle can't play like Anthony Randolph. Like, you know, I, I can't fix uh, – again, like, yes, more off-ball work, play through Hartenstein more, screen with the guards more, go screening, like all the stuff that I think they could do that, that can utilize to free some guys up. All of it's there, like – I'm not saying no. I wish the offense was more diverse and interesting, more movement, etc. But I'm humble enough to recognize that whatever they did last year worked. It was smash mouth basketball, but it worked. And they can get back to that. It's the same damn personnel. So just they, they got to perform. I believe that players have free will, as it were. I, 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 coaches are really important. Players play. I've seen enough from Tibbs to know that what he's teaching and what he's doing works to a large degree if executed properly. Again, I'm not saying there aren't things that Tibbs can't do better, and I am the first one to point them out, and I point them out all the time. This game is not about the offensive system. It's about performing. I'm not suggesting you were blaming it the whole game on Tibbs or anything. I'm just I'm ranting a bit, but I, I do want to make that point. Like, I believe this offense could be more interesting, diverse, dynamic. I also recognize that the offense worked to a large extent last year and can work again this year if Julius Randle becomes Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson, to a, to a lesser extent, gets back to himself as well. And hell, R.J. Barrett plays. That's important too. Thank you, Juanon. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. TK. TK is back. I know it's still early, but this is the same exact team from last year outside of DDV, and everyone looks so lost on offense. It's quite baffling. I don't think R.J. Barrett looks lost. I don't think Mitchell Robinson looks lost. I don't think Emmanuel Quickly looks lost. I think DiVincenzo is increasingly not looking lost. He looks pretty pretty good, moving and, and cutting and doing what he does and shooting. Um, I, I think Randall and Josh Hart are the two guys that I have seen who look a little lost right now. And I think with Josh Hart, it's probably the role change. Like he came in last year like a 
cannonball. And he came in and he took over that, that closing role and he was the small forward and everything went well. Everything went perfectly well the moment he arrived. It was a bit of a fantasy land. And like now you bring in some increased competition. RJ's gunning for those minutes. Grimes is gunning for some of those minutes. Quickly is gunning for those minutes. He's gone down five minutes or so a game. What's his role? Who's he playing with? Which lineups? Like it, it, it has been a bit of an adjustment for Josh Hart. Josh Hart. And Randall, we've talked about. I don't think everyone looks lost. I, I, I don't. I think a lot of guys are doing their jobs. And it's just about a couple of the important ones who need to find their way. And Brunson needs – I don't think Brunson looks lost. I think he's just got to kind of find his game again. Thanks, TK. TK, hesitant on open shots or just a bad shot? I assume you're asking about Randall. Um, I'm going to take this as a question about Randall. Is he hesitant on open shots or just taking bad shots? Um, I think the, I'm, I'm more concerned about the hesitancy than the bad shots, as I said earlier. Like, I think Randall makes a lot of tough shots. He takes some bad shots. He's cut out a lot of his bad shots. And his threes are like okay shots. They go in 34, 35% of the time when he's right. We rebound about 30% of them when we're right. And that is a good formula. So I don't think his his threes are bad shots. I just think he has to shoot them instead of like the other stuff we're seeing, which is spinning, turnovers, getting blocked at the rim 100 times a game. That's the stuff that concerns me. That's the stuff that this offense cannot survive with. They can survive with him shooting. We've seen it. Thanks, TK. Abraham. Abraham. It's a great name. Great man. Uh, he says, I miss R.J. Barrett. I miss R.J. Barrett, too, as I said. And it's cool to miss R.J. Barrett, isn't it? Because he's been playing really well. And that's exciting. That's really exciting. It's, it, you know, like, it's just asking a lot of Jalen Brunson, who's often up to the task. In fact, had an entire postseason where he was up to the task. Although RJ, RJ supported him well for most of the playoffs. But, like, Randall was, was absent. You're asking so much of Jalen Brunson to operate in an environment with no spacing because Julius isn't providing the spacing anymore either. And Josh Hart's out there. And Mitch is out there. Just asking an incredible amount of a six-footer to, like, create every shot for you when quickly he's not out there with him. R.J. Barrett creates good offense for this team. Gets in that paint, makes his passes, makes his shots, gets to the line, does all the things that R.J. Barrett does. Shoots willingly from three, unlike Josh Hart. So, yeah, I miss him too. Hopefully he's all right. And he'll be back uh, next game. That's the plan anyway. Thanks, Abraham. Dominic Manzi. What's up, Dom? Thank you so much for this contribution. We appreciate it. One adjustment I'd like to see is Grimes be the first player subbed out or swapping him and DDV entirely. Grimes needs volume. The defensive drop-off isn't enough to warrant the diminishing returns on offense. DDV is better for spacing for the starters. I've thought about this, Dom. It is very interesting. Grimes has, I think, the unfortunate distinction in some ways of being the only role player who exclusively plays with Brunson and Randall at all times. 
He's played a total of eight possessions. Looked it up today. He's played a total of eight possessions without both of those guys on the floor this year in five games. And they were both like kind of garbage-ish time. Like, he plays with really ball-dominant guys, and mostly with RJ too, by the way. And he basically sits in the corner and waits. That's really hard because he comes out at the basically towards the end of the first quarter when the bench starts coming in, and then he comes back in at the end of halves when starters are all back in. So to your point, of course he'd benefit playing with the second unit. He'd get more shots. They move the ball better. It's more free-flowing, less isolation, more pace. So he might get you know some, some transition threes. It is it's tough. It's tough that he he doesn't get that opportunity. I would love to see him get some minutes with the second unit, and I don't think it's crazy to bring DDV in early. I think Tibbs really likes that lineup, and I think by the end of the year, this bench unit of you know DDV, Hart, Quick, Hartenstein, plus either RJ or or Brunson, is going to be one of the best second units in the league. I just think it's that good. Um, they just changed games every time they're out there. I don't know if Tibbs is going to mess with that. You know, the, it, it, it does that lineup does call for like kind of one more scorer, which is why Tibbs likes to run RJ out there or Brunson out there with them with that foursome I just mentioned. And Grimes doesn't provide that, right? Like he's not he's not a creative scorer. So I, I don't see them making that change. But I agree. I would like them to find a way to kind of divvy up the minutes so that Grimes does get some opportunity instead of DDV in that second unit. That would be interesting. So you get him out early maybe, right? And, and you get DDV in earlier, and then Grimes maybe re-enters earlier while the second unit is still out there. I'm not against it. I think that's a really, a really observant and interesting observation, Dom. So good on you. Totally supportive of it. Love to see it. See, try it and see how it goes early in the season. Tom's back. Also, if Ju can't start knocking down the three, no one is going to have enough space to do anything. Bingo. Dart. Nachon. Crushed it. Correct. Absolutely. There's no space in this offense if Julius is just standing there pump faking out of threes. None. Brunson's in a coffin. Brunson's trying to dribble through, uh, like one of those um, crawl spaces. There's nowhere to go. You're already dealing with Mitch in the dunker spot that people load off of. No one's gonna ever be like super glued to RJ on the three point line. Josh Hart's out there. Even worse, he doesn't even want to shoot it. That's why Julius needs to be a willing. Volume-based three-point shooter. Just let it fly, big fella. Let it fly. It's better for the offense. Not always going to look pretty. He's going to brick many of them. But I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you, it's healthy for him to shoot eight a game. Crazy as it sounds. Welcome to the modern NBA. Thanks, Dom. Mernikin. Mr. Nikin. Mr. N-Y-K-N. What does that mean? Actually, it's not NYK. It's like NK. NKYN. M R N K Y N, all in capitals. All right. Mernernikin. We'll go with what you said. <laughs> Thank you for the contribution, whoever you are. We appreciate it. And um, I'm sure it stands for something very important. 
Um, staying on Randall Island at this point is a Stockholm syndrome by definition. <laughs> the indifference and lack of effort on the defensive end is deflating. Uh, yeah. He's a, he is a maddening, frustrating basketball player. And we've been with him so long now. It's kind of like if you had a girlfriend early in life who you knew there were issues. You knew, but you were in high school and you enjoyed having a girlfriend and you stayed together for like years. But the issues only got more irritating as the years went on. Yeah, I, I don't know if others had this scenario but I think I think it's I think it's a scenario that people go through that's Julius Randall it's like we've been here four years now well yeah four years now four years now and it's been some of the hustle isn't there at times the focus the attention to detail not there it's freaking infuriating it's infuriating but you know what? When he's got it going, he's really good. <laughs> and it's really fun to be around him when he's making buzzer beaters against Miami. Like, he helps you get through the day. Gets you some wins. But like, yeah, he, he is, is and always has been and always probably will be an infuriating basketball player to watch and root for. But we need him. But we need him until he's not here anymore, for better or for worse. So you don't, you know, you know, Randall Island. Like as a Nick fan, you, you, your man, your ship is wrecked. You are on that island until someone comes and rescues you. Like <laughs> we're all on Randall Island. We can't get out. This is where we are, man. Shipwrecked on Randall Island. Might as well enjoy it. Sit in the sun for a bit. Have a margarita. I don't know. What are you going to do? A lot of metaphors in that answer. Thanks, Markkinen. Appreciate it. Mangu Man. Thanks for the contribution, Mangu Man. Nights like this, Julius Randle needs to get some screens and roll with purpose for easy buckets. IQ was forced to launch a terrible three because JR refused to roll. Yes. This is a very, very uh, astute point. Um, Julius, too often, like half-asses a screen, doesn't really roll, doesn't really pop, just kind of sits there demanding the ball. Sometimes after a game like this, guys don't want to throw him the ball because he's stunk all game. 100%. I will say, he it's hard to roll when guys are playing super off of, of Mitch on the, in the dunker spot and Evan Mobley's just waiting for him. And I think that's probably why he's not rolling. But I agree with you nonetheless. He needs to roll. He needs to be more decisive and active as a screener. He needs to actually try to screen somebody. Like, do something, man. thing with Randall is when he's not scoring, everything goes away. Everything goes away. The defense isn't the same. The switching isn't the same. The screening isn't the same. The offensive rebounding isn't the same. He's not getting to the line. He's doing nothing. This kind of game is so damaging because he doesn't do anything well. Freaking irritating. Um... But we're on Randall Island all together doing the horror. Mango Man's back. Nights like this. Oh, sorry. That was, that was the same one. Dom Cappuccini. What's up, Dom? Hey, Dom. Hope all's well, man. I'll say it. The team shooting let them off the hook. 
If he seems fine, if it's rock bottom for O, it will be no problem. It's hard believing that now. Amen. Amen. Uh, the team shooting was terrible, horrendous, horrific, awful. The team was too hesitant to shoot. That's not just Randall. That's Josh Hart. That's Quentin Grimes at times. DiVincenzo passed up a few. Got to let it fly, boys. Let it fly. Shots on goal. Um, the D seems, I wouldn't say fine. D seems really good. Defense looks really good, man. You know, they added Mitch, I think, has taken a step, at least with what we've seen so far. Hartenstein looks great on the back line. So you already have 48 minutes of back line rim protection and, and, and aggressive rim protection at times. And they, they're, they're also blitzing and hedging more. It's just their centers look great on defense. What they've added in DiVincenzo is a guy who, like, takes some risks and gets out of position at times, but he wreaks some havoc, man. Causes a lot of turnovers, gets his hands on the ball. I think it's very healthy for this defense to have a guy like him because it's a very conservative defense generally, and they have a lot of guys who don't force turnovers. DiVincenzo adds a little unpredictability, but he also adds turnover generation, and that's a really healthy thing. I think this defense can be really good. My prediction before the season was that the defense would enter the top 10 and the offense would potentially drop out of the top 10. So far, I look like I was right. I'm hoping the offense gets a little better than this. Holy crap. But I am very pleased with the defense. I think it's looked really, really good. Absolutely done. David Gretter. Fug with a G. It. Randall Friannis, who says no? Mm-hmm. Think we can get the Nassus back? Maybe that's the move. Thanks, David. Guber then didn't mean too much of this team specifically, meant too much Knicks teams in general. Being 40, I know bad vibes because I've seen a lot of them over the years. You're saying you know a thing or two because you've seen a thing or two. Like J.K. Simmons. Um, man, you make 40 sound really old. You're not that old. 40's young. 40's a new 28. Um, but honestly, as a 31-year-old Knicks fan, we've all seen too much. We've all seen too much. We all got the PTSD going quick. The second things start going a little haywire. Rightfully so. Understandably so. We have seen the worst of the worst of the worst. Which also, although it makes you scared that you can get back to that place, but you also have to have the perspective that we're not. We're not in that place. We're not in that place. Team's got a lot of good players doing a lot of things well. A lot of players performing really well. Just got to get our top guys on track. Got to get our top guys on track. Thanks, Uber, then. Sam Garcia's dad. What is up, Sam Garcia's dad? What is up, Sam Garcia? What is up, the whole Garcia family? He says, I can't wait till Spida is a Nick and we don't have to worry about finding some scoring. Good job tonight, Benji. Thank you so much. I should say it's always an honor to be here with you guys. It's an honor to be here with you guys. It's an honor to be here with GMAC. It's an honor to sit in John's seat virtually, as it were, because that guy's great at what he does. And I'm just happy to fill in. Hope I'm hope I'm entertaining enough providing some insights and um, trying to take the edge off of a game that was honestly like watching two pigs wrestle. Um, 
You can't wait till Spider's a Nick. He might be. He might be because as the players come off the board here, <laughs> um, Giannis seems to be a non-option. And Bede, you know, I've seen from smart people that they think that the Harden trade and what they got back possibly makes it less likely that he'll ask out or come out or end to ever be traded. And the Knicks are not there. At some point, they're going to take the gamble if they don't think they can get one of these top, top line guys. You know, that is the end game. As much as we don't want to talk about it because we like to enjoy the basketball. And I'm like first on that train. Like, I don't want to talk about like the next star because like this is a good basketball team. And they're fun to watch and there's what to learn, what to study. But once we get into that conversation, man, like Luca, if things keep going sour in Dallas, is that is that the guy? I mean, hell, if they could. That, that, that is the guy. If you can try to go get him, then you're going to try. They're going to put everything into it. But if they keep striking out on the big names, at some point, like, Mitchell's going to keep – I think he's going to want to come here. Like, they can probably get him. You know, it's and, – and your offense will get a lot better. That guy is quite good. You see some of the flaws tonight. He's, he's an interesting player, man, because, like, when he's a little tired and things aren't going as well, he just settles for a lot of threes. Um, second half, he just chucked a lot of threes, but he is, he's a, an uber talent in the league offensively. And like we all talked about when the rumors were strong that he was on his way, how does that look with Brunson defensively? He's a bit challenged. It's a very small team. What do you build around that? Him and Garland is already kind of that kind of pairing and doesn't seem to have the ceiling that they're hoping for. So I don't know. A lot of complicated questions, but. Your offense will get better immediately upon his arrival. And I do not think it is out of the question that he becomes a Nick in the next couple of years. Thanks, Sam Garcia's dad. Guber then's back. Thanks, man. Always, always nice to when guys come back to ask some more. So, Benji, you think our team practices pump faking out of open threes? I hang up and listen. It does seem like it. They, you know, sometimes it's not even a pump fake. They just swing the ball to a less open player, which is even more infuriating, man. What are you doing? Shoot the basketball. Otherwise, we're going to have to bring Evan Fournier back. He'll shoot it, man. He'll shoot it. Like, he's not going to hesitate. We don't want to do that because this formula worked last year. We just have to get back to it, man. Just got to get back to it. Thanks, Gibraltar. Joseph J. Joseph, thank you for the contribution, my friend. Players were ice cold and hesitant, but I can't help think – a different coach's offensive system would have grinded out a win. What would you implement that Tibbs does not? Would it have been a closer game? Okay, well, if you're asking specifically, um, I think they could run more off-ball stuff. Um, I think they could use screeners off the ball, especially Mitch, to get him out of the paint. Simultaneous with pick-and-roll actions to try to get Randall rolling, try to get Mitch out of the paint for, for periods of time. I think they should do more ghost screening, which is like if a guy like Brunson is – if a guy like Grimes would screen for Brunson and instead of rolling into space, ghost the screen. Don't actually set the screen. Just pop to the other side of the floor. Try to create a switch. Try to create an advantage. The Celtics do this incredibly well. I think Brunson would take such advantage of that if they ever just did it enough. Um, that's another thing I wish they'd do more. Um Floppy actions for Grimes, I think, would be interesting, which means just like running off screens from the baseline, trying to find shots that way. 
and DiVincenzo for that matter. Um, screen the screener actions. A lot of the stuff out of OKC's playbook I think are really interesting. The way they utilize spacing and the way they they, they open things up for Shea could be adopted. Running things through Hartenstein at the elbows, running through Julius at the elbows more than they do. Um, all of those things. Um, tapping into more Spain actions, but using your shooters instead of Randall. Something I've talked about a lot. Um, I think could be a good action for them if they actually set the back screen for Mitch and got him rolling and then had a shooter like Quickly or Grimes popping to the perimeter. Um, I'd like to see all of that um, if, it, if I had my druthers. But I concede that some of this stuff would probably lead to more turnovers. I also concede that, again, they had a really excellent offense last year. You can't, you can't argue. Like, it was brutally effective. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to see all that. I like watching that kind of stuff. I find it more interesting to watch. And this may be, like, the most primitive way to score baskets is just, like, well, not really because it's a lot of threes, but you know what I mean. It's, like, just beat the living hell out of the other team and force the ball into the rim one way or another. But they can do it well. Um... So yeah, maybe if they ran some more advanced stuff, they could have had a better offensive game, but maybe not. Maybe it would have been even worse. I don't know. It's a hypothetical. And again, like the, the data supports the fact that this offense can be very good. So I'm going to, you know, I, I, I'm humble enough to recognize that all these ideas in my head that I would implement if I was on that sideline, like may or may not work. But those are the kinds of things that I do think about, Joseph. Thank you so much. Robert Cross, bad, oh no, BTB, Big Thread Ben, that's what it stands for, right, Andrew? This crap is still going on, I just got out of my therapy appointment. Good timing, given the throw-up we witnessed tonight. <laughs> what do I do with that? Um, hope it was a good therapy appointment. Um, it was a throw-up tonight. It was. And... We got to just flush it down the toilet. What do you do with throw up, guys? What do you do? You flush it. Unless it's in a bag, in which case you throw it in the garbage. But that's the same result. You get rid of it. Out of mind. Out of sight. Zoom out. We're okay. Need our guys to perform up to their capabilities. That's all. I think they will. I think they will. Maybe. I think Brunson definitely will. I'm a little concerned about Julius, if I'm being honest. Um, but we'll, you know, that, that is what it is. Um, all right, that's the last question. Terrific. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, please like this video and subscribe to the channel. And if you're listening to the KFS podcast feed later, please leave a five-star review and rating. It has been an honor and a privilege to be here with you tonight. Somehow I get the – every time I do this, I, it's after some absolute crusher of a game. Not even like the crusher that's like exciting but crushing. It's more just like the awful, awful basketball games. I think John knows it, and that's why he puts me up here. And I want to tell John that I still appreciate it. Thank you all for joining. Thanks for being here. Andrew, you want to come up here and you got something to say? Yeah, just one thing. For those of you that aren't completely defeated by this basketball team – 
and you live in New York City. Unfortunately, this doesn't apply to you, Benji. But for those of you in the city that want to come watch the game against the Bucks on Friday, join us at Midtown at Penn 6, uh, 132 West 31st Street. It's a stone's throw away from Madison Square Garden. Uh, we will be doing a watch party. It's a $20. If you're $20 gets uh, covers your food for the night. There's also going to be drink specials. Um, that's $20 in advance. The link to RSVP and to sign up is in the description of this episode. Uh, or it's 25 bucks at the door. So if you want to just come on Friday night, that's the price. Again, we'll be there around 7 o'clock for the 7.30 tip. Come hang out with the KFS crew as the Knicks Begin the in-season tournament against the Milwaukee Bucks. I totally forgot about that. That starts this coming Friday night. Is in-season their, tournament. Their next game is the in-season tournament. Where's the game? Milwaukee. It's going to be on some crazy green court or whatever. Some ass court, yes. That's crazy. I, I saw that that Sean with a W was saying that this event is an opportunity to go at him about any of his takes. Yes. And I think that in and of itself may be reason enough to show up because he's got some crazy takes. Takes. Indeed. He's got takes. The man of takes. A man, man of, of many takes. A, a man of principles and takes. Yes. So, yeah, you all should go. I'm sorry I won't be there, but I'll, I'll make the next one. Enjoy I'm it. Hard. We'll schedule it on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate we'll try that. at least. Uh, um, man, sorry about the technical difficulties, Andrew. You and to the whole community out here. They went great. Par for the course. <laughs> Appreciate y'all. Don't, don't forget who I normally work with, Benji. You're good. <laughs> I know. I know. All right. Talk to everybody soon. Have a good night. Flush it down the toilet. See ya. <laughs>